Test, 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 test. And that's the most important Hello? thing. Hello? I can't really hear anyone. I can hear Christine. Okay, nobody cuss. I want to double check. I'm always super paranoid about Okay. Oh, wait. I can... Christine, what's your... Uh, I can hear you now. What's your favorite song? Good. Uh, right it, now of like, or like all time? Of all time. Of all time? Yep. This is a, this is like an oldie for me. Okay. <laughs> but it would probably be Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Marvin all right, well then sing it. Because in case we're on the radio, people at least need to hear some music. Are you for real right now? Yeah, do it. <clears throat> This is your Let me hazing. Clear my throat. This is my hazing. Yeah. This is not the kind of hazing I had in mind. I thought it was going to be a lot more alcoholic related. Oh no, no. That comes later. That comes off the pod. Yeah. I mean, this is a hard job. A lot of late nights. Well, yeah, we knew that. That's why I thought alcohol would be involved. Well, yeah, but not right now. Hmm. Process is ongoing. So sing. And look me in the eye when you do it. <laughs> no, that's that's even worse. Can you like legitimately look people in the eyes when you sing? Yeah. Like, do it now. She's a lucky. She's a star, but she cry, cry, cries. See, that's not your. That's not like your serious singing voice, though. Like that's not you, in your car living your best life you don't know i can have a pretty good idea you don't know that ryan are you with us we're ready to roll (laughs) (laughs) okay i like jumped just because you jumped here hold on there's a lot of fuzz coming off of christine's microphone Mm. yeah yeah is is there fuzz like a, a 14 year old boy taking his boxers off all right christine now you talk hi is it still bad? No, you're good. I'm just leveling this up. Okay. If Christine fails at this podcast, I want to take that state flag of Oklahoma and impale her with it. Yeah! She's dead! dead. Well, that's what we did to Madison, and uh, she lived. Uh, well, no, she took another job with the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> well, I, I was just saying that that's how you could confirm she was a witch, a vampire. Um, a vampire? Nosferatu. I, see, I... I got halfway huh? through vampire and was trying to decide if I wanted to say vampiress or vampire and then vam- vampire. She out. vampire? A she vampire. He Gruel. man. Yeah. Cruel. Yeah. Give I, up the hoffling she elf. Guys, I have an idea of where to start this podcast. Right here? Yes. In this general <laughs> in vicinity? This, in, this and, other, in this other room. And, <laughs> and I don't want to hijack because, like, you know, Brady, this is your baby, but I, I do have an idea of where to start. Okay. If you could pick a lyric to decide, like to be your lyric of the day on the day that you were announced for your new job, what lyric would it be? Not Bruce fucking Springsteen, that's for sure. I, I don't think I've ever felt younger just today. In general, early this morning as I'm driving up to the station, um, obviously, you know, hot on the news is under hiring a head coach. I'm listening to Todd and, and Dylan and Jerry reminisce about NBA when they were a kid, and I'm like, these guys are all just fucking just elderly. elderly. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. elderly. It's I was just... like, when unfortunately, I was... they're at risk. Yes, they're at we risk. We can consider them at risk. I w- yeah, 100%. Yeah. When I was a kid, God love them. I remember watching 
Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal play for your Miami Heat. That's what happened when I was a kid. I was 15. I was, fi- 14, Ooh, I was 14. you're kind of old. I, I, I know. I am old. You know, Mark, uh, are we recording now? Yeah, we've been oh, recording. It's, it's the OKC82 podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, for the first time in what seems like a year, but I think it's only been a month and a half or two. Uh, the last time that I talked to y'all, I think I was talking to Miss Madison Morris, so let's get this out of the way. I'm sure you all know if you're on Twitter, Madison no longer is going to be covering the Thunder for 107.7 The Franchise, unfortunately. Uh, she has taken on a job with the University of Oklahoma because I cursed her a long time ago. I said, you're going to marry a Sooner fan or a former Sooner player, and your your whole life is just going to be consumed by the University of Oklahoma. And as because she's a cowboy, she or cowgirl, I guess, she went to OSU, and she'd always go, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. And her cor- current boyfriend, um, I asked him straight up, where did you lie on the OU OSU access because he is a currently he went to UCO and he, he's a coach and teacher at UCO. And he's like, Oh, I was an OU fan. So I was like, check that box. And now Madison works for the university of Oklahoma in their social media department. So we love Madison. I greatly appreciate her. Um, I'm going to miss her a ton. I would not be in this position without her because she helped me a ton. So Ryan, Christine, y'all say some nice things after I do this. You've heard Christine's voice a ton on this podcast. You've also heard her on the radio a handful of times on 107.7, but she will essentially be taking... Um, well, I don't know. I'm not just going to say that you're going to be taking Madison's spot because you're a female and Madison's a female. For all I know, Ryan is taking Madison's spot and you're doing something completely and utterly different. Have y'all like rock, paper, scissors? Who's going to be Madison? No, we have not. Well, y'all going to have to sword fight or something. I'd be into that. I don't think that Christine. I don't think Christine. <laughs> I'd be into that. <laughs> I don't think Christine's actually able to sword fight due to why. Well, I don't know if we want to get into. Is it? It's some biology because, here. What? Well, more anatomy. The oh, biology. yes. Oh, he's yes. making the weird thing. Yes. Okay. The weird sword fight. Joke. Okay, so yes. we're twelve years old again on mm. the OKC eighty two podcast. But no, uh, Christine Butterfield uh, at CB on sports. She was with us before. The season went to heck. The whole world went to heck. Uh, she moved down back to her native Houston for a few months, and now she's back. And, Christine, we are very, very excited and happy for you to bring your voice and your thoughts and just your 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 general swag to the Thunder coverage at the franchise. Oh, thanks, man. I'm I'm really excited to be back. I, I can't, you know, be thankful enough that, you know, Madison, you know, kind of gave me her blessing. And I just kind of want to carry on her her legacy and what she did, but also, you know, put my own spin on it. But I'm really, really excited to be taking on this role and to get a chance to be working with you guys again because it was it was really fun when it was going on. It was a fun week and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun uh, fun little bit of time, and then it was done. But you, now it's back again, so You just, okay. like, you basically stopped getting lost in the bowels of the Chesapeake Energy Arena, and then we're just like, oh, just, we're done. Yeah, I was like, We're oh done. wait, finally, I was you like, I finally know where everything is. I finally figured out the gummy bear culprit, who will remain nameless, but that was one of my, you know, biggest pride and joys. Big J, investigative I, journalist, yeah, I Christine Butterfield. I don't know how Always. much, uh, how many gummy bears are going to be available if and when we're able to go cover games in person. Wow. I, I'm assuming that we're going to be able to cover games in person. I just, 
I assume, I have no idea, the Thunder have already released that they're going to have like limited fan capacity at the right. arenas, so that kind of bodes well for us in terms of being there. But I would assume it'd just be like how OU is doing their football, like how everybody's doing their coverage, where you have media in the stadium or in the arena, but you're not talking to players in the locker room, you're not talking to them even face-to-face in a press conference room, it'd just be over Zoom. So it'd be kind of silly to just go to the game, go to the arena, and then not talk to them to their face but you know we'll figure those things as we go along but yeah it's gonna be fun and christine i mean shout out to you because i'm learning how to cover but um like a sport during a pandemic every single time that i wake up and have to do something about it um obviously with the thunder not playing basketball for like the last three years um it's just been a whole bunch of OU football silliness but now we're ever so close to the NBA season starting up December 22nd. I have no idea how we're, what we're going to be able to do, but we're going to have fun with it. We'll still have this podcast, and Ryan, Christine, you guys, I have no idea what to do. I, I don't. I might take my pants off. I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> Mine I, are already I, off. I, I might take some things off when I think about how confusing this season will be in terms of coverage. I don't know what to do. It's, a, it's the great unknown, but like you said, we, we are carving through it together. I know that uh, Brady and I have had some experience dealing with the OU football experiment, and now we'll be able to hopefully take those lessons and apply them to this Thunder season because this is kind of a weird spot where obviously it's new for everyone, but I, I feel really excited because uh, maybe this is a bad way to look at it or whatever, but you know, coming from having to deal with OU stuff, all that stuff, I feel like we kind of have a leg up that we're we're in season now. We're in practice. We know how this goes. We know what to expect. So uh, I'm expecting us, and, and sorry to put these expectations on us, but I'm really excited for our entire Franchise Thunder Insider crew. Um, I'm officially going to be appealing to the man upstairs. I feel that after being the correspondent on the court, ground zero, the night that the world shut down, I feel like, uh, I'm going to start campaigning to be referred to as a Thunder Insider because I feel like I earned that. Earned my stripes because I didn't get hazard pay. You are inside the Thunder, Christine. Lube up. You're about to get inside the Thunder, too. Lego. Yay. Now, back to the pressing news. Um, I guess how we, how we started off, now that I think about it, it's so weird that Mark Dagnalt is a gigantic Bruce Springsteen fan because uh. Bruce Springsteen, I'm sorry, my, my hick accent sometimes refuses to let me say things normally i'm 30 years old he's 35 how in the hell is he a springsteen fan i like old music and i i i'm bored by bruce springsteen and everything he brings to the table it's from a different era like i get it it's a different era you probably had to be there and it's just not my bag but i guess this is why mark dagnall like guys like him women like him that are young but are like right rising through the ranks of whatever professional field that they are working in, it's why that they're there and why I'm here because he is an old soul and that must help you when you're trying to be a head coach in the NBA. Yeah, well, everyone will say that our generation has no work ethic, Brady. So, Oh, I know. We're just a bunch of lazy kids who want handouts. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm all for all Sam Preston just handed Mark Dagnalt the keys to an NBA franchise. Yeah, well, it's, it's about to be a, a subpar NBA franchise, unfortunately. Christine, what mm-hmm. were you doing when the Thunder officially announced Mark Dagnalt was hired? I was uh, personal training. I was doing my side hustle. You, you were know? training personally. Yes, I was personally training. Who was the person? Because I don't think you guys have like a HIPAA agreement where you can't divulge any information. 
Uh, I'd rather not uh, get into. I mean, well, it's not that serious, but it's the inside information people are clamoring for. Well, it's not an NBA player. I can tell you that, unfortunately. But I was in the middle of that, and I got a call from Jerry Ramsey, and I just took it real quick, and I was like, "What am I? I am, I, am I missing something here?" And then I looked at my phone; and it was blowing up, and I was like, "Of course, this would happen while I'm busy, and I can't do anything about it." Yeah, someone Typical needs to get, sports news. Ryan, someone get her an Apple Watch. Yeah, well, I look. Trust me. Uh, on the podcast, we've had this discussion. But uh, similarly, I uh, rolled over, looked at my phone, and saw... You were asleep. I was asleep, yes. I saw 14 Twitter notifications, and I said, okay, let me just... Before, I always like to play this game. What happened? And I'm just like, okay, Chris Paul got traded. And I remembered, wait, there's the moratorium. So I was like, oh, the Thunder must have named a head coach. There was all that Will Weaver nonsense. Christine and I booked a, a man from down under, an Aussie. We booked one of those to talk about all this Will Weaver stuff, and it was all for naught because it's Mark Dagnall's the guy. He was here all along. This is like, can we go back? Are we going to do a, a terrible rom-com about how Sam Presti started interviewing all these people and, and the right person was right near him the whole time? Right next to him the whole time. I, look, I got to say, I was feeling the synergy in the press conference, though. Mark Dagnall is like the most thundery of all Thunder head coaches. The way that he you know, just talks in these big circles and doesn't answer the question. I was like, I, I can see it. Sam Presti was like, son, yes. Yeah. No. Look, I thought about, like, as the Thunder were eliminated from the playoffs, okay, should we do a podcast, like, every time, like, some rumors break? Should we do a podcast for every single head coach? And the way I looked at it, I just decided there's going to be plenty of that for your listening pleasure from other podcasts, and there certainly was. And here, I'm not I'm not trying to disparage them at all. Like, I listened to a handful of them. Um, I just simply had other things that I had to work on for work, so... Uh, that's why this is the first podcast you've heard in a few months. But if you've paid attention to the radio, if you've paid attention to Ryan and Christine, if you've paid attention to anyone that really covers this team, follows it in any way, whether you're a fan or not, Mark Dagnall should have been at the top of your pragmatic, realistic, this guy's going to be the head coach list um, at, at or near the top. Because the Thunder, as an organization... They are clear, clearly trying to build for the future. They're trying to get back to where the, where they even were last year. Like They are not going to be the dark horse team that no one wants to play in the first round. They're not going to be that at all. They're gonna. It's going to take them a few years. It's going to take them a few years probably to get back to where they were for the previous decade in terms of playoff contention and then hopefully getting back to the finals at some point. But hiring a guy like Mark Dagnall makes sense because they weren't going to get a sexy name. They weren't going to get a big-time former head coach, a big-time assistant coach that's like the next great thing. Uh, for all we know, Mark Dagnall's going to be that, but he's just been so secured in the Thunder umbrella of secrecy that I was listening to a national podcast that typically knows like every single assistant coach. They know every every scout. And when they, they talked about Mark Dagnall for about 45 seconds, and 25 of those seconds were dedicated to trying to pronounce his last name. So no one knows anything other than what you know if you're a Thunder fan that follows this team closely or if you cover them. Mark Dagnall's a developmental head coach. He's young. And so that should bode well for the young core that this team has and for all the young players that they're going to have to get over the next few seasons because of where they're going to be drafting from and where they're going to be aiming to draft in terms of trading up into future drafts. So that makes sense. We're just going to find out, and Christine, I'll start with you, we're just going to find out, can he truly bring this franchise 
can can he learn on the job and bring this franchise to a place where it hasn't really been in the last five or six years? I believe so, just because of the fact that he is so young and so eager to make his name out there and to be that guy to develop NBA players because we've only really seen him developing in the G League. But now he has the chance to have those athletes that, you know, are are a little bit more seasoned, are, you know, moving forward in their careers, even though they're young, even though, you know, like they're not, like you said, the sexiest names, they're still going to be making big strides in the NBA. Like, you know, Shea Gildas-Alexander is obviously on the come up. Dennis Schroeder has been playing well. We don't know if he's going to be on the team again or not. But, you know, he does have these pieces that he can build around and he knows what the Thunder culture is. He knows what he wants it to be and how to make it better because he's been working with Sam Presti and Billy Donovan very closely. And he's been around the culture for a pretty long time now. So, And he's also been around Billy Donovan even longer, going right. back to Florida. So th- I think that's the fear. Like, I don't think Billy Donovan's a bad coach. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, and especially in the last playoff series, guys, the one thing that frustrated the hell out of me, and I don't care about what the Thunder are doing in the playoffs – why is Billy Donovan so loyal to Steven Adams? Why is he so loyal to certain lineups? Why is he so loyal to traditional lineups? It's very apparent that Darius Baisley at the five works. And you're playing with house money. Like, if you get to the second round, awesome. If you get eliminated, awesome. You made it to the playoffs and had a good showing. Give Darius Baisley some time that he will use to grow and develop into maybe even a better player because he got all these awesome minutes at the five in a contested playoff series. But Billy Donovan's like, ah, I don't want to do that. I want to go with Steven Adams because I'm a traditional coach. That's what we're going to learn about Mark Dagnall is, is he traditional? Or is he more willing to be versatile? Is he more willing to modernize? Because that's what Sam Presti kind of said. It's like, he's going to help us usher, usher the thunder into the growing and evolving NBA landscape. And that's what I'm interested by. Cause um, look, Christy and I kind of talked about this. Um, on our podcast, uh, but which one is that? Called? It is it is the sideline warning podcast, wherever you can find your podcast. But one thing I found really interesting is is both Sam Presti said that he is a modern NBA coach, and Mark Dagnall said that he is um, adjusted to the modern NBA. Now, Mark Dagnall was talking at it uh, about it from the standpoint of it's kind of unrealistic to assume just because X player signs a five year deal, he's going to be on your team for five years. Which you know maybe a little bit of foreshadowing for the fact that. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, those are guys that uh, are going to be in a lot of trade rumors all season long as long as they're wearing a Thunder jersey, but also Sam Presti. He said he's a modern coach, and, and I thought he was kind of talking about his coaching style and his philosophy, obviously, as he's been able to try to groom some of these guys from the Oklahoma City Blue, but it'll be interesting to see. That's the one thing the Thunder have always missed. With Scott Brooks, it was a rigidity in the rotations. You knew exactly you are going to get the same lineups. You're going to get these guys here. With Billy Donovan, uh, the lineups were all over the place. The, the matchups were all over the place, but you always knew you're going to have a true center out there, and you're going to have um, everyone playing a spot that 10 years ago they would have likely played. And that, that does that's just not the NBA today. Positionless basketball is here. Like it, love it, hate it. Doesn't matter. It's here. And so the Thunder need to move forward and adjust with the times because I feel like, unfortunately, their calling card is always being a year or two behind what the next thing yeah. is, and that's cost them. Well, real quick, if I'm going to defend Billy Donovan at all, we'll know exactly what type of coach he is after about two, three years with Chicago because a lot of it just has to deal with like what kind of hand are you dealt. Like the, thun- like the Thunder dealt Billy Donovan, Stephen Adams, who is uh, he's a top 10, top 12 center. 
but he's limited because of his ability. And he's especially limited once you get to the playoffs. But maybe if he's dealt a different type of center, maybe he's more willing to understand, okay, I don't want to just simply put my best players out there. I'm going to put the best, I'm going to put positionless players out there. In Chicago, he has a little bit of a he has a much different roster than what he's dealing with with the Thunder. So maybe he'll be more willing to. But after what we've seen, I doubt that. But um, Christine, after what you saw in the playoffs last year, after what you saw all season long last year, I know that there are rumors out there. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast. I mean, are you sold that this core? And when I say the core, I mean the young guys, SGA. Um, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, maybe Hamadou Diallo is going to be a big year for him. Um, do, do you like that they went the developmental coach route, or would you have preferred, like best case scenario, they get like some Phil Jackson types, just a veteran that those players can clearly learn from to not just develop but get to a get to a level of play that you hope um, that can mirror the first decade of Thunder basketball. Where you have multiple all-stars you have mul- like maybe even multiple MVPs but that's you know it's wishing for too much but I- I'm just mainly asking because I understand to the casual fan this is not a very fun hire yeah I mean I do think like you said it's kind of wishing too much at that point you're not going to get a big name like that to come into a team at where they're at right now rebuilding wise it's just not it's not like that would ever happen so f- for me, I think that this is probably one of the best moves that the Thunder can make because this is a guy they know they can trust. This is a guy that knows the culture well, but he's willing to transition into where the Thunder or the NBA is going now with everything he's learned from Billy Donovan and Sam Presti. And he's very just keyed into the culture they have and what they've already built, but he's willing to take it into the direction that the Thunder and the NBA is going to be successful. And that's the best thing that these young players can do do is take what they've already learned from Chris Paul from Steven Adams who is one of the you know biggest signs of the Thunder culture as it was yep and learn from their new head coach into how to modernize themselves and develop themselves into what they can be to be an even better trade piece two three years down the line and that's what you're going to end up seeing and then you know Sam Presti will be on top of all the trades again and just manically laughing in his chair because he has all the picks all of them. Really quick before we get to the next part, because we've I've regurgitated so much Mark Dagnalt today that that's enough for me, unless you guys have any more cool hot takes about him, any more opinions. Well, I was just going to say that the developmental coach is what's necessary, because I'm not sold on the core as it is. I, like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander wilted in that series against the Rockets, and, and I'm by no means saying that one playoff series in his second year in the NBA is going to define who Shea Gilgis-Alexander yeah. is, but he's not in that point in his career where he just needs a stage Phil Jackson, in my opinion. Like, there's still some development there. Obviously, Lou Dort, he was an amazing story, and I'm excited to see what he can do now that he can actually, like, practice with his teammates consistently. But, you know, there were some inconsistencies there. Like, I'm highest on Darius Baisley, I think, out of those yeah. three, and we just haven't seen a ton out of him. So this was the right coach for the right time, the right style of coach. I, I, the jury's out, and if it is individually the right coach. Yeah, like it, it's it's the young core that they have now. I'm assuming that they're going to be adding to it, and then that guys will come in and out of the core. Like, because when you talk about core, you're usually talking about like the big three. Like, I'm sure, I'm not sure Lou Dort's going to be a big three anytime soon. Like, right. that'll come from a future lottery pick that the Thunder have, I would assume. But um, yeah, that's enough on Mark Dagnall. We'll, we'll get to all that. And then also, guys, this is far too professional, this podcast. Fuck. There you go. <laughs> We need a lot more of that. 
Need a lot more of that. Christine, you're doing too fabulous of a job right now. I'm going to need you to, like, like you're leaning forward. Just ah. like, lean back. Lean back. I can't. Lean back. There you go. Beautiful. Yeah, make do the fuzzy we, noise. The Let's make I the... There you go. I'm slouching now. What's, oh, your, what's your shirt say? I've been trying to look at your shirt. Uh... Is that a coffee stain or is that Sale. just a... I don't know. This was my dad's old sweatshirt. Oh, that is just... That is precious. So, that is precious. Yeah. I like wearing it. Yep. It's a uh, white sweater with a bunch of American flags on it. Very fitting. He considering... got it in Australia. I know that. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Is he an oi, NBA... oi, is oi. He... Was he an NBL fan as well as uh, everyone else, it seems, over the last 48 hours? We're all pretending. It's... Really, Will Weaver, if you were listening to this, please contact the station. We will come find you and help you get back to your country. Yeah, we we got <laughs> you. We know you're American, but you work in Australia. We'll help you get back. Well, he's a Longhorn. We're going to... Oh, uh, ew, no, probably, he can stay over there. We're going to book him on some, some over, he some might, big layovers. He might still be here. He he might be an assistant coach. Maybe not the head coach, but maybe an assistant. Could you imagine if he's still just like hiding in a bunker somewhere, waiting to be announced? <laughs> Hello? If, if he's waiting to be announced, I'm calling it now. Which I will give you a shout-out. Future sh- head coach. I'll give you a shout-out, Ryan. You uh, interviewed a reporter from Australia that covers the NBL on your podcast. I yes. listened to it the other day. And it was uh, it was very informative in terms of people like for people that have no idea who Will Weaver is, other than just like trying to find some bullet point history from him. Um, so I encourage you all if you if you want if you're incur- intrigued by me saying he might be an assistant coach and you want to know more, go check out Ryan's podcast history. I also have to say real quick that's also sideline warning. Uh, big shout out to Christine. She did a, a big bulk of the prep work for that, helping me out, and then her internet just like went nuclear like right as we were trying to do it. So it was supposed to be the both of us interviewing. Instead, I just get to look good because I had like half of Christine's prep notes and half of mine. So I've it, it not just me. Are we claiming fraud? Now that this, I, like, uh, I would like this human chode is behind me on the TV screen. So I mean, I feel like I should claim fraud. Like, we are probably you, should. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you saying that he seriously? Like, what's the word? I can't even think of it. Sabotage. Sabotage my Wi-Fi just so he could take credit for this. I mean, perhaps. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Anything, this, anything's this, possible. I voted twice in Philly last week. <laughs> I mean, this is the OKC82 podcast. Uh, this isn't the Inside OU podcast, and I'm just going to safely assume that the listener base uh, feels differently one, <laughs> like from one podcast to the other based on the last two minutes of what we just talked about. So let's get into the juicy, sexy, fun rumors Rumor that have been mill. percolating over the last 24, 48 hours in terms of the Thunder in trade talks for Chris Paul going to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I guess just also also future Thunder draft pick Lamelo Ball at number one. Yes, uh, reportedly the Thunder are one of three or four teams that have expressed uh, great interest in Lamelo Lame- Ball. Have expressed written consent of Lamelo Ball. Oh, I mean, is he is he an adult? Just verbal? Not? I mean, just I, like, written? Not I think, verbal? I think on paper he's an adult. If you draft a seventeen-year-old, do you TV. have to like ask his parents' permission? Can we draft your son? Do they have like a parent guardian signature on the contract? Undefeated, never lost. Big Bala. Big Bala brand. Now, yes, so the Thunder and the Suns, let's start there, guys. I guess the Suns, if you had to make a top three, top four list of teams that realistically could trade for Chris Paul, you can put the Suns on there. They do have the things that Sam Presti would be looking for. I would just put them at the bottom of the list because I think Sam Presti understands he's the GM of the Thunder. He's going to do make decisions that are in the best interest of the Thunder, but... He does kind of owe Chris Paul a, a, like one or two for what he did last year. He was a complete and utter professional. 
He did not pout because he got traded to Oklahoma City. Uh, he went all in on it. He helped out. He who know we will know years from now how much help Chris Paul was to SGA, to Darius Baisley, all those guys. We will know. But Chris Paul's efforts certainly helped this franchise moving forward, even though he won't be here after this season or after this past season. And then also, he helped the NBA continue its season by getting the, the bubble off the ground in Orlando. So I feel like Sam Presti will do his best to make sure Chris Paul ends up in a destination that he feels is good for him and his family, and then also his chances of winning a championship, because that's why Phoenix does nothing for me on the Chris Paul front. But who knows? Maybe um, maybe, maybe Sam Presti will just look at this and say, Phoenix is literally the only team in franchise that can give me what I want, and, that, and it just won't matter what Chris Paul wants at that point. Well, those same reports have kind of indicated, though, that Chris Paul is not necessarily opposed to it. Um, it's close to L.A. Close where to his LA. family right. lives, yeah. But I, I think that you'll see Chris Paul's going to have a big say in where he goes next. Because I think Sam Presti has always tried to basically say, we don't want to harbor a bunch of malcontents because there's always going to be the stigma of Oklahoma City is a small market. Oklahoma City's it doesn't have the 20-year lineage or whatever of, of Popovich and San Antonio to try that kind of pool. So I think that they have a sterling reputation behind the scenes as far as we, we saw the reports about Paul George that despite the fact that he signed that four-year deal, the, the thing was Presti was like, hey, anytime you want to come in, if you want out, just let us know. Like, sign this four-year deal if you want out. Come on over. That's exactly what happened. So I, I think that Sam Presti is going to work hard to maintain that reputation because, right, wrong, or otherwise, like, Oklahoma City is not a free agent destination. And so if you want guys to eventually waive no trade clauses to come here, that they're going to want to know, A, that it's top class as far as player treatment, that they're going to be in a winning position, all that stuff. And so that's what the Thunder have worked so hard to build through all of the just uncertainty since Kevin Durant left. So I I think that uh, your, Chris Paul's going to play a huge role in it, and you know that's uh, it is what it is. And I I mean just based off of what happened this season with Chris Paul, I think it's better than anyone imagined when he was first traded in general. I I was thinking he was going to be kind of dramatic, kind of a you know little teenage boy about it, and brood and moan and be like, okay, well, I'm here now. But it you know it ended up being the best case scenario for the Thunder, and. Just look at what he built. I mean, he has all these players that were under his wing that learned so much more from him than they would have regardless of any other situation from, you know, a veteran NBA player. So, frankly, I mean, I don't necessarily think that the Phoenix Suns is a bad move for him just because I know he wants to be that much closer to his family. And I don't know if he's still searching for that ring, but don't think it's the worst thing he could do. Christine, you speak of brooding. I think I would have liked Chris Paul a lot more if on the first night of the season, the lights had gone dark, there was a fire, and all of a sudden Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Gangrel all came up out of the floor uh, in their nice puffy white shirts. Who's Gangrel? He's the leader of the brood. What's the brood? It was the tag team that Edge and Christian debuted as. Oh, this is WWE or WWF? Yes, WWF, the World Wildlife Fund, uh, Federation, whatever. The World Wildlife Foundation. Foundation, sure, whatever. I I just would have appreciated them actually recreating the brood, speaking of brooding. Carry on. You said it was too professional, Brady. Let, well, me, let me talk wrestling. Mm. That's not what we wanted. You know what the unfortunate Madison, thing is? Madison, where are you? You know what the unfortunate <laughs> thing is? And just like... Oh my gosh, their mics are off. Wow. They let me run the board. Mistake! Yep. Yep. We're all making mistakes here, including the Thunder. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. Again, like 
the obvious opti- most optimistic way you can look at this is if Chris Paul ends up with the Suns. It's that the Thunder gets Ricky Rubio because he's like the big vet that makes the money work here. And in the short term, he helps out Sam Presti in that the Thunder aren't awful. Like, they're going to get vets in these trades that aren't going to be a part of the future, but the, Sam Presti and Thunder don't want to be awful. They don't want to be laugh out loud, Sacramento Kings bad, because they understand this fan base, while very loyal, it's a young fan base that has been so accustomed to success and winning that if they go through one season where they lose 50, 55 games, like, you could lose a healthy amount of support in terms of ticket sales, money, all those things matter in a small market, unfortunately, and I know fans don't want to hear that, but it's a part of the deal. So they're going to get vets like Jay Crowder level vets that will help them win in the short term. So that's good for Sam Presti. So that kind of is the Ricky Rubio role. And then I guess the Coupe de Gracie would just be getting number 10, the draft pick in this year's draft, because you could, in theory, use that draft pick to catapult higher into the draft, maybe get in the top two, top three, and maybe get LaMelo Ball. So that way you get LaMelo Ball, who you want, who is a part of the young core moving forward, without having to use any of the draft assets that you have in tow right now as we speak. So like the Clipper stuff, the Rocket stuff, like every you don't have to touch that. You can use that later. But go ahead and go all in and try to get your guy now. But in order to get there, you've got to get a higher draft pick because, what, the Thunder drafting 25th, they're not going to be able to jump up that high in the draft, even though the everybody in the top five doesn't want their pick. Like They need to get a higher draft pick right now. Are you saying that in this scenario, the Thunder would also keep 25 and then package 10 and 25 together I, to jump up? I would assume that they would just Chris Paul on the 25th pick. For, For Rubio, player to be named later, and 10. Are they going to get Mikhail Bridges? As I, as I know, he put out that tweet earlier today. I was no. thinking Kelly Oubre yeah. could happen. Mr. Oubre. Maybe three years ago, that would have been fun for Thunder fans. Well, like mm. you said, it's not supposed to be fun. You're tanking now. Well, oh well. Might as well just lean into it. Can we, ooh. I just leaned into the mic. <laughs> Thank you, Brady. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, what, what other teams are out there that are on your list? I mean, for me, it's Philly. It's maybe Milwaukee, and it's maybe New York. I don't know why Chris Paul would want to go to the Knicks, but <laughs> the Knicks have a lot that the Thunder would want, so that's why it makes sense for me from a Thunder perspective, but... There's really only three or four teams on this list, so it's going to be one of those four, and it'll probably happen on draft night. Yeah, I, the Knicks. I, I think the Knicks just get thrown in there because of the Leon, Leon Rose. Rose thing. Um, I, I don't know how the money can work in Milwaukee. I feel like if Chris Paul is going to win a ring next year, it would be in Milwaukee. I just don't know how the money would work. I, like I don't think it works, frankly. So you're looking at Philly. They also have a bunch of old guys. They don't have any really yeah. young, promising rookies or second, third-year guys. Like You would be trading him to Milwaukee and then convincing them, just go all, in, go all in on Chris Paul's last two years and then give us your first-round picks in 2026, 27, and 28. Like that, Then we'll, we'll be good. Yeah. you're, you're basi- Basically, what, what Milwaukee's play there would be, obviously, to win a title, which to me, if you win a title – it's worth your next however many picks. Exactly. But also win a title and convince if you get Paul for two years and Giannis stays, signs that contract, then you can figure out what to do after that. But yeah. try to build around Giannis. What, uh, Christine, what, what makes sense to you? Because I, I know that 
Like, Milwaukee doesn't make sense. It's the best fit, in my opinion, for Chris Paul, but, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The Knicks is definitely not happening. <laughs> like, there's no way that's going to happen in my mind. Hard cut to Chris Paul in a Knicks jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Re- record scratch. I bet you're wondering I how we got here. I, I did it on our own podcast. <laughs> very bold, going hard in. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I, I don't see Chris Paul going from what he went through, kind of, you know, this season with the Thunder to then going to the Knicks as terrible as they are. I, I, that far away. I get the Knicks' desire to want him. Well, because, right. Because I feel a little bit better about Leon Rose running the ship in terms of just a leadership perspective because, okay, if you're the Knicks, let's get Chris Paul in to revamp the culture. It's, like, a, let's, it's let's, a franchise-altering acquisition. Yeah, and Chris Paul would probably even make that ragtag roster of a bunch of crap fairly competitive especially in the east so i get it from their perspective they're not doing it to sell tickets it would help some ticket sales because it's chris paul but um that is a that's a smart move because we're talking about the knicks here so we're starting from fucking square zero burn it down yeah, yeah. You're, you're burning well it yeah down. no it's great for the knicks i'm just saying i don't see chris paul wanting to yeah. do that at all yeah. by any means so by my thought process i do not see that trade going through so that's why i don't see chris paul going to the knicks so in my mind, it would be either Philly. I know Ryan said that the Bucks wouldn't work out based on you know salary caps, whatever. So it wouldn't make sense as to that. So that just leaves me with the Phoenix Suns and Philly. Philly. What about? And I think that maybe the jump put this out. So I think they're just you know putting Chris Paul in different jerseys and saying, okay, now let's do the math. To that looks it out. cool. But uh, is he going to be a Laker? I did see uh, one trade scenario where <laughs> Chris Paul. Back with the Clippers. I also I mean, saw that. They want a point guard. I right. just I just don't think the Clippers will like if Sam Presti calls, he'll just be like, <laughs> What's up? Like, don't <laughs> don't you call here. Don't, don't you don't you do Don't this. show your face around these parts. Well that yeah. one it, it'd have to be a multiple team deal because what are the Clippers gonna give back? Like Sam Presti already rated the youth prospects and the draft like he has it all. He has yeah. the Clippers future. Sam Presti is like like if he calls the Clippers, the Clippers are like the dad of a of a girl, like of a daughter who got cheated on by her boyfriend. Sam Presti's the one who cheated on the daughter. It's like, don't you call back? Not again, not again. Unless Sam Presti's taking on Paul George. You didn't tell us Paul George was weak. You yeah. convinced us it was his shoulders. No, nope. uh, he just Paul George is really good for the KT tape industry. He does he does them well. I hope he's getting some sponsor deals or something. Yeah, he's, I feel he's like he's getting married. Who who was the the really elite beach volleyball duo, Misty May Trainer and like the, oh, yeah. and the other the other chick that was the tall one that oh, had right. all yeah. the she was like the first person that we were like, what is all this stuff on her shoulders? And she's mm-hmm. like, it's KT tape, and all of a sudden we were like, this is the future of sport. It's like when you're done with that, can I uh, can I see that tape, please? Brady, Brady just likes to smell sweaty tape. We don't kink. We don't kink shame. I don't know. It smells what, like America. I don't no. know. What you, I don't know what you and Madison did, but we are moving into an era of no kink shame. It was a lot, a lot of eye contact. Are we really? Prolonged of, eye contact. I don't know if I. I didn't give any kind of consent to that. So at this point, we should thank New Balance Edmund for sponsoring this dope podcast. Yeah. Hey, New Balance, if you're hearing my voice, you need Shut to talk. Out. You need to talk to Randy Heights about that. New, I know. New Balance I, of Edmund, shoe of the franchise. Shoe of the franchise. Yeah, so shoe, shoe your ass over to New Balance of Edmond to go get your 
new shoes. What's what's the process they made you go through, Brady? That they do all the foot analytics for you? Yeah, they made me fill out a ballot with only Democratic uh, candidates on it. It was kind of confusing. Did yours go to Georgia or Arizona uh, or Pennsylvania? Like four, I filled out four of them. So okay. they they went to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. So yeah, oddly to Texas, but that one didn't pan out. Yeah, and then they, they had, didn't like it. And then they had me like walk into a dark room. No, I'm just kidding. They just sized my foot, and I found out that I have a size 11 right foot and a size 10 and a half left foot. Interesting. So I've got an 11 mm. and a 10 and a half right here. Shout out New Balance of Edmund. Yeah. More, the more you know. We're like go over there and shout at their workers. Shout them out. Shout. Hey. <laughs> Shoo me. <laughs> Shoo me, you. Shoo me, New Balance. Mm. Well, any final thoughts? Christine, I know you've been on the OKC82 podcast before, but this is the first of consistently many. Ryan, you have been on a bunch of them too, but but not consistently. I, I again, I know people don't care about this, so I'm kind of talking and thinking out loud. I don't. I obviously don't know what the coverage is going to be like, not just from our perspective, but from the station's perspective. I don't know if we're going to be at Flint for home games, like for post game shows, and if that, if we are, then Ryan, I'm assuming that like you are going to be our lone man in the arena on. Just so you can set it, sit at a computer, sit at Zoom, yeah. And if that's the case, like if they're going to do everything through Zoom, which I assume they will, then, then we're going to Flint, baby. Then we're just all going to go to Flint, and then we can just have the audio right there for us. I can just put my laptop up to the. All right, everyone, here you go. Unfortunately, Christine and I will just be taking the free food, and you know, like, you know, well, yeah, third wheel, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, it could be worse. Matt Burton, bless his heart. Poor guy. Oh. Trooper. Shout out to Matt. Mask <laughs> room. Mm, nah, okay. I'm just kidding. I love them. Now I'll get the free food. I'm into that. It's good food, too. Kevin, the bartender, is just going to be like, you're not Madison. But she's going to be like, I'll take the Moscato anyway. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take, take the, the same thing Madison would order. So just, just hopefully say, that makes you remnants. Just say that you're Madison. Like, I dyed my hair, and I went to a better school. I shrank a couple inches. Uh, I'm, COVID I'm, hit me harder than most. I'm not mean. I'm not evil. I'm not a witch. Well, not a witch. Well, let's pump the brakes. We have a lot. We have a lot of exploring to do till yeah. we can, till we can uh, come to that conclusion. I will be bringing a duck next podcast, so we can see if she's a witch. Oh yeah, good call. Have you seen Monty Test Python? Test me. Of, okay, good. Of course I have. What kind of a question is that? Oh no, you're like 22 years old. That doesn't mean that I can't love the spoof that is Monty Python. Fair enough. Bring out your dad. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Like, subscribe, leave comments, leave ratings, all those things. Follow along with Christine at CB on sports on Twitter and at Radio's Ryan on Twitter. And then you know who I am. They know. It's it's the Brady, Brady Trantham, Trantham. And he does sports. Brady does, does sports. sports. Mm-hmm. Put an at sign in front of that, though. I know, but it's football season, guys, so let's get back to your regularly scheduled programming. Talk to you guys later.